why these religions are not tied to something like vampire stuff or do you think that Midnight Mass is a true story? <laughs> Hello, nerdy fans, and welcome to a new episode of the Nerdy Fans Podcast, a place for nerds who binge watch anime, Netflix, and K drama for the young and the young at heart. You can follow us on Instagram, that's at Nerdy Fans Podcast, or Spotify and Anchor.fm. So today, we're not going to talk about anime nor K drama, but the Netflix limited series entitled Midnight Mass what it's about, how we feel about it, and if it's worth watching. There might be some spoilers along the way, so consider yourself warned. I'm your host, the Nerdy Fangirl, and joining me today is our guest slash co-host, Brian. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Thanks for having me. So yes, you've watched Midnight Mass, and we both completed the series. So just a bit of overview for our nerdy fans. So Midnight Mass is like a slow burn kind of mystery, right? With an explosive Ooh. ending. Yes. Uh, a main character who is haunted by a drunk driving accident returning to his hometown on Crockett Island, where he struggles to find a purpose in life. So what do you think about the plot? Does it have originality to you? How do you feel about it? When you see the first couple of episodes, it follows the drunk driving. Riley, yeah. The first few scenes opens up with Riley killing uh, a young woman because she was driving drunk. And it actually think that, you know, okay, you've seen this before, but right away, it's not that all original. When I first watched the first few series and looking at the synopsis, I would say, oh yeah, that would really set the stage of what's going to happen. But a few episodes down the line, you will get the WTF moment. You know, I thought he's the one who's, you know, the star of the show. And then yeah. you know, all of a sudden, all right, so there's there's more to this. So it slowly unfolds. No character is sidelined and all of them has this part to play. You Definitely get the impression that it's not original, but this is a, the type of thing that you have to watch through the end to even judge what it's about, not just by the first few episodes. I watched it without knowing the synopsis. Did you watch it because of you read about it because you know something or you just watch it and have it a go? Well, I'm not entirely new to Mike Flanagan because I've, you know, I've watched his previous limited series in Netflix. Oh, so yeah, which even one the was Bride, that? The, the hunting series, Hill House and Bly Manor. And prior that, I was a big fan of Oculus. But those are just the three that I know of from his previous work. I know that the hunting series was discontinued. There's not going to be another installment, but read about Midnight Mass. So I was looking forward to checking it out and see what it's about. So yeah, I had a, a bird's eye view of this, of what's going to happen. And what made you drawn about, is it because you like horror in general or the, the director or the topic itself? I'd say I really like horror and all those dark stuff in general funny thing is that when you go into my profile all of my recommendations are those dark and gritty stuff so yes and second was that it's because it's from flanagan so it was 
really a no-brainer. Ah, okay. Because me, I stopped really watching these ma- mainly dark and horror movies or series. I, I feel like I'm too stressed to watch a stressful, you know, series. But yeah, yeah. I, I like how it was presented in a way. Like, it's very intriguing, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. The funny thing is that with, with Midnight Mass, watching the first two episodes, I was like, okay, what's I, I would expect something would happen soon but knowing that it really plays out that way i kind of like okay give it give it a, a couple more watch and then yeah it, it really delivered yeah yeah exactly it's like you have to watch like maybe at least four episodes or something yeah, for yes. for something to to show up or something like that because at first as well like especially me that for those nerdy fans who doesn't really like horror like you would really say like what's in it for me like why am i watching this yeah and it's, it's very slow because, right at first yeah yeah and it's funny because when my wife asked me okay what are you watching is it oh okay another horror movie and when you just watch it when you've watched the previous hunting series to me it's like the horror is just like little toppings it's really more drama Mm. then yeah it's it's really more drama and then throw some creepy it's not it's not even like jump scare kind of horror it's just but having like eerie feeling right uh, or, yeah uh, those that unsettling i guess it's it's what to expect from from flanagan is like really unsettling scenes and locations and especially this one it's, a, it's an island that's basically cut off from the world and something's bound to go wrong with with a very small town and what's more, it's an island. And you, you're just waiting for that that moment where everything goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. And the first, I think maybe the first two episodes for a nerdy fans, like you wouldn't really get much a- about it. Like it's just setting the stage, right? For the right, next right. few episodes. And if I have to describe the episodes or the location, I feel it's like a damp. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's that yeah, yeah. so because it's always like cloudy. cloudy i don't know and also the color right like how they did the coloring i really don't know how cool. they yeah blues. yeah so now we move into the characters so very very interesting characters there i'd say the main character which is riley flynn so he was involved in that drunk driving accident that and at first for me who doesn't really know anything about this prior to watching I would thought that it would be about being haunted by that drunk driving, but it was actually just a topping as well for th- for that. Yeah, there's this one scene about about what Riley said that he, he said something like uh, a lot of people find God in prison, but it, it's the exact opposite that happened to him. He lost all faith in God and in Jesus while he's in prison. So when he gets to the island and everyone's just so religious and it's hard for his family to to accept that he no longer has this faith but as a respect to his parents he still goes to church anyway so already there's a a friction in that sense he doesn't believe in this stuff anymore and then comes a suspicious priest who comes in so it is a lot of dialogues but these are really great ones and you have to pay attention to make sense out of 
what's happening really. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like each character in the series, even though it's just a seven episode series, I feel that they kind of represent somebody in real mm-hmm. life. Me personally, like I know somebody who's like this. I know somebody who's like that based on the characters, which is to me refreshing in a way that especially I think we'll del- delve into it later. But I really liked the, the monologue part. Between Erin, Erin Green and Riley. So yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was a highlight really I think so yeah yeah so for Riley I would say he represents those people who are skeptical in terms of religion and then there's also another character another favorite of mine Beverly Keen (laughs) I forgot the actress who played it but she's very good right she is uh, award winning is she no I don't think but it, it really deserves Yeah, the performance. So Beverly Keynes, she represents a lot of pious people, (laughs) like extremely pious people, I'd say. And I like how the series shows it in a, at first, very subtle, right? Very subtle manner. And then building up because at first, the Beverly Keen wasn't really the main one. Like she's just there. And there were other characters, especially the the priest. So it's very interesting that the turnaround at the end, there will be spoilers down the way. But uh, the priest, Father Paul, how in the end he kind of like changed, I'd say. So for you, who are... The characters in this film, would you, I would say, maybe relate or something that draws to you? Gee, it's really hard to just choose one. But there's a lot of notable characters here. But there's the, the sheriff and who's, who's really in a tough position being a Muslim and being in a heavily Christian environment. But let's see if, if there's anyone there. I'd probably choose Riley's parents. Because... Mm. Yeah, these, you, you kind of see that they started out really religious, you know, really devout, devoted Christian, but they actually saw what's going on and actually see that there's really something bad is going on and not just blinded by their faith, unlike the rest of the villager in, in the island. So even to the point that they, they basically threw away what they believed in when they saw what was happening. Well, some other characters are like okay let's drink this and it's the gift of immortality it's it's a holy gift and they shouldn't decline it so but both his parents really saw through that and realized that they've been fooled all along and i only wish that you know more people would be discerning to what's wrong and what's actually going on in there in 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 that religion that they they are devoted to and it's funny because the real inspiration from this from what i read is really about cults there's this famous cult mass suicide that happened from what i read that really had this impact on on the director so it's amazing how humans when they're so indoctrined in that kind of belief that they basically do anything and not question i guess riley's parents were really a reflection of parents who like oh never mind if you know what this means on my fate but i know that this would harm my family and this would harm my loved ones of course there are more characters who was more highlighted during the film and each have their own moments but for me those those two are the the 
stops. Yeah, for me, when I was watching it, I'm always commenting on TV about Beverly Keynes. This is why I'm not that religious. I always say to myself that, I mean, I still believe in God, of course, and I'm not really up going mm. to church that much anymore. No. I think it's maybe because of the pandemic and stuff as well. Like, I do not want to the spreading of the thing, COVID. But mm -hmm. to me, I'm a more practical Catholic, I'd say, rather than like Beverly Keen, who can recite all the yeah. Bible. <laughs> It's, it's, I was like watching, Minwed was watching that and she'd always reply with a verse. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, this, this woman has an, an answer to everything and it's always uh, a passage from the Bible. Imagine and I having, know someone who is like that, actually. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm not making fun, not to make yeah, fun yeah. of it. It's so, so amusing how they can apply those verses in situations where it's kind of questionable. And then there comes their verse who's like, okay, you don't question because according to this, it's there, it's there. Yeah, and to me, it's really thought-provoking as well, how the series presented the characters and this quotable quotes, like, as you mentioned, like there was this scene when Father Paul and Riley was like talking in that AA, in that forum, like both of them, that even though you don't understand the thing, but you just got to believe it, which I mean, to me, yeah. to some extent, you can like to some extent, right? But not to the extent maybe to extreme things. I say so I, I would still say that with religion and stuff like I, I do not want to offend anyone but for sure my stance would be still like believe but I guess for that one it's just too extreme a lot of extreme things that you just don't have to blindly go with the flow yeah. I'd say so it's basically like faith is just so strong that logic just goes out the window yeah. You don't have to understand, you just got to believe. But I guess in our generation, we tend to ask more of the why. Mm. And especially that I grew up really religious. Well, until I was like about eight, 10, we'd go to church twice a week. And this twice community, a week. yes, every Monday and Wednesday after class. And we were kids then and we'd go Friday night, nine o'clock, we'd go to this community, like sort of a sing and praise, sharing kind of thing. And we were there until 1998 when we moved here in Cebu, but it's basically the, the environment that I, I grew up in. And it's just, as I grew older, I kind of asked more of the wise and asking that some of these things doesn't really make any sense. And when we get the chance to talk about it over dinner, I remember when I was in high school, my mom and dad would just really, you know, shrug it off and say, bahala, say mm. one or something like that. So yeah, I, I mean, now I'm not really into religion yeah and and watching the show it really resonated with the kind of where i'm at with my feet that makes sense yeah yeah i i am kind of like on a similar boat but I, I would still say I am a faithful Catholic but to the point how the show presented the religion it looked like a cult as well right yeah. like yeah. it's yeah it's not really anymore faith in God all these horror or bad doing certain thing it's always a Catholic church for some reason how do you feel about that or what do you think yeah I don't have the statistics or anything but I think Christianity in general is like, it's the most accessible material. I don't know. Not really, because you have Buddhism, right? Buddhism, but why is Buddhism, is it a religion though? 
is it or a philosophy? Now I, I'm getting confused. But Buddhist. like Buddhism and Wait, like Taoism or something, why these religions are not tied to something like vampire stuff or, you know, what I mean? <laughs> oh, um, I don't know because, I mean, not going political, but Christianity has a lot of like a dark history. You know, the spreading of Christianity has this dark history as well with all the cults uh, masking or like having this crisis front or I really can't pinpoint why I mean I'm not I'm not an expert into these kind of things but but it just an opinion yeah I mean I gotta say Christianity's history is so colorful in a in a sense that there's there's a lot of history to it being that I read about this documentary where the Bible was edited in a way that it would work to Constantine's narrative changing dates and changing changing text in the Bible to work for his growing empire. So I'd be like you don't get a lot of material to work with with other religions. Uh, I'm mm. not sure. I don't know. But it, it, it's just real funny because when my son, who's uh, my son's six years old now, and he likes to read about Bible stories, and he has a couple of Bible story books here, and he just bleeps out every time he reads kill in, in the stories. And he'd like, oh, there's a lot of killing in the in the Bible. And, and it's just, it just threw him off at first. And we were like, okay. And I was told that the New Testament was different and the Old Testament does a lot of those genocide and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of tough. And and I think it makes for modern, interesting material in, in, in the modern times, I guess. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. So, yeah. I mean, it makes for an interesting piece of literature, if you would say. I mean, it's mm. still a book and it's a lot of stories in there. So I guess you know, going back to your question, I guess that's why it's so interesting for directors and movie makers to make these sort of things out based on the bible or based on any religious with with any religious influence yeah and i mean my opinion is that the bible shouldn't be taken literally i feel because that's what how in the series right like Ooh. they take it too literally i feel that especially yeah. beverly Keen, my favorite character <laughs> there are a lot of symbolisms i feel in the series which i could say makes very good creative work i'd say because the symbolisms embedded in the series yeah and, and it's amazing as well how they were able to get these passages inside the bible and make something out of that and you know that scene where we finally get to see the quote unquote angel with all the demonic wings and stuff and yeah. you know how they tied that to how a biblical passage are describing an the angel where they say that when when they saw the angel they were afraid which was basically the the reaction <laughs> of the people when they saw that okay this isn't your conventional angel was like glowing and have these robes and golden something which is plainly scary yeah yeah indeed and they also showed how someone like the sheriff is a muslim right so right. it showed his hesitations in terms of having to get involved with it because you know he's muslim and there are missing people in the island and if he needs to investigate then it became oh, a yeah. political issue <laughs> yeah. yeah there's this one scene about it was before a lot 
was reported missing. That scene up with him and Beverly. I, I really love that scene where he tried to ask Beverly when Joe Colley's dog died and it was because of poison. That was really that was really a good scene, really intense. Mm. Do you think though that Beverly was it it's not it, it wasn't in, in explicitly shown, right? But yeah, yeah. what do you think? Oh, yeah. Do you think <laughs> Beverly, right? Yeah. I mean <laughs> knowing what we've seen Beverly, you know. Yeah, and you know, at the last few episodes, in the end, like I would say that it was Beverly who is moving everything around. Like she's the mastermind of it all. Because the people look up to the priest. And then Beverly was just in the shadows or just like a secondary person. But it's like, I forgot the quote, but something like, behind a successful man is a woman. (laughs) (laughs) So like, that's what really went through my head that Beverly was really something yeah and it's so funny because she wanted that scene the easter vigil scene where everyone was drinking the poison and she's out in the back hiding oh yeah yeah she was afraid to drink the poison herself that she had to wait for somebody else to bear the burden of killing her so that she'd she'd turn into the vampire you know she's really she's really something else it does show that she is not living what she's saying. Yeah, not practicing what she's or something, yeah. Yeah, and coming back to what I mentioned earlier about the monologue. So it's one of, I guess, my favorite scenes. I looked at the interviews of the actors. So they were also quite scared of doing that scene as well because it's a monologue, right? So there was the Erin Green's monologue is talking about how she will die and what she thinks what will happen when she dies and the other guy as well, right? But both have different stance. Mm-hmm. So if I may ask you, if you were in the monologue, who would you be? Like, would you be the Aaron Green or would you be the Riley? Yeah, probably the Riley. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just... <laughs> disagree, Riley. My mouth was half open just listening to Erin's to monologue, how she perfectly describes if if it was not a life after death it's basically a scene a, a utopian scene where everything so rainbows and butterflies and all those positive kind of things but coming from my background not arid it's, it's mm. riley's yeah um, yeah so you know just straightforward i i may sound so bleak and full of despair but that's just how i see it Yeah, yeah. At Riley's monologue, it kind of makes sense wherein because a lot of literature, you know, always explains all your life is coming back at you when you're dying and stuff. But it's actually just maybe the neurons in your brain, like, you know, just because it's the last drop of the neurons. Trying to bring it all back. This is a scientific or medical aspect to why that's happening. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It, it more resonated with me. So if there's one thing in the series that you would like to change, what would that be? Change. I'm not, I'm not really sure I'd change anything. I wouldn't even know what to change it to or something, mm. something like that. Mm. It's just how it is. And it's basically having uh, respect for, for the director's vision. That's just how it is. Because there's a lot of things from what I read online there are a lot of things points to to that thing this this last scene where the angel is fleeing the island prior to that Erin slashed the wings right when when the angel was feeding on her she slashed off the wings spoiler alert 
she cut off the wings and so that the angel would have a hard time flying or that that was basically the plan. And, and right off of the end, the, the last line was like, I can't, I can't feel my legs. Yeah, yeah. The, I forgot her name, yeah, but the little girl who, yeah. The girl who was, who was the first, considered the first miracle. She said she can't feel her legs. So um, a lot of people were asking what caused that? Is that because the angel died or is it because that the blood basically just her body was getting rid of the blood so that her handicap came mm. back to her? So people were like asking for a little bit of uh, closure on that. But I guess that's where leave it to the director what really happened or just respect mm. for, for how that played out. There is one scene though, which kind of, I find it odd. Remember the part where Beverly was presenting the, the auditorium, you know, where they hold the AA? Mm. Yeah, and there was this guy who was turned and she said like, you don't you why did you turn him you could have like killed him right beverly told forgot was that the sidekick um, the sidekick yeah 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 that, that, that sidekick that English guy so he said he was always good to me you know and it's it's just that scenes beverly king is so religious uh woman just hates everyone who doesn't go to church and then there's this person who doesn't go to church, but he's just kind to everyone. So, and I love that scene. And then Beverly doesn't allow them all to go inside that center. That father, Monsignor Pruitt Center or wherever, yeah. Yeah, Monsignor was like, okay, whoever, everyone's welcome here in the house of... And he offered refuge for that guy who was rejected, who Beverly rejected. It. But then he saw his daughter pouring gasoline all over that. And there's just a kind of, okay... You can bring this to the ground. It's like he changed that, which kind of, I, I felt like it was, it could have been better handled because one moment he was like ready to save the lives of those rejected inside the church. But then when he saw his daughter, it was like, okay, it's okay that the rest of us would die for as love and see burn this church. Uh, I mean, I feel that scene, yeah, just that. Okay. Actually, to me, in my opinion, so just to counter that one, I felt that that was actually the change, the refreshing change that I yeah. liked about him at the end. So I, I like how it ended for him, actually. So I like how he in the end realized that it was wrong. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that one is refreshing. But if I have to change something, I wanted Beverly Keen to suffer more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so it's, evil, it's, so right? easy, it's so easy to want that for Beverly. But <laughs> I'm so evil. Yeah, th there's also one, that scene, that last scene where everyone just gathers around the, the, the island and waiting for the sunlight to burn them. And then there's Beverly Keen on the shore desperately trying to dig. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Trying desperately to dig a hole for herself. I don't know, maybe to hide from the yeah, sun. Yeah, yeah. Up to the end, she really wasn't remorseful of what was happening around, who died, and all for, for the name of what she believed in. And she was so desperately trying to save herself. And, did, you know, to the end, she's just really fanatical to her belief. Yeah, and actually there's also one scene that I like when I remembered Riley's parents, Riley's mom, told Beverly at the end, like, Ooh. God doesn't love you more because yeah, you're good. Yeah. I really like that scene. So Yeah, like, why is it so hard for her to realize that you're not the only one to love? 
by by God. I feel that's just straight to her face. But you know, knowing Beverly, she's become numb for any criticism. I think. Yeah. That, whole, like, that really shows, right? Like the fanatical people, like Beverly, just wants to believe what they want to believe. Because I remember a yeah, quote in the Bible that the sun shines on the good and the bad people, something like that. I think it's also maybe shown in the series. But Beverly doesn't remember this quote. <laughs> So she's pretty sure that the sun shines only on the good, don't it? Yeah. So I feel that, as you said, it's not really only on the religion, but it's really more showing about the cult and the fanaticism. So I just hope that people, especially the religious people, Catholic people, don't feel offended about this this yeah. creative work because it's it's actually not on them, but it's just really pointing out the cult things. We've had a lot of things made like you know taking inspiration from the bible and the larger catholic population has become numb as well with all mm. those remember remember back back in the day when you know when the vinci code was was released and everyone every catholic person i know is like up in arms and like yeah, this that's banning ban the book, ban the book. But I yeah, don't know. when I was also watching it, it's like I was thinking whether this is this got banned in the Philippines for being anti-Christ or something. That's what's playing on yeah. my mind in the background. But if people would see through the surface what it wanted to convey, then it should be okay. Yeah, I mean the the good thing about it is that even if you're not that into reading between the lines and it, it still makes for an interesting movie if you can handle all the dialogue heavy scenes and you gotta ask yourself this is how people who's really into religion acts and reacts like especially with the part with that it's so used making sense out of it you just believe it because I remember uh, a lot of people, especially the older generation, my Lola was really just so into going to church and stuff. So I'm not sure. It's just maybe they, they don't really care. It's just how their faith is. And our generation is more, like I said before, we're just more into the whys now. and Why why did this happen? And they don't really have an answer. I mean, I also would think there are People are in our generation that's also into religion or really religious. So yeah, the bottom line is maybe it's better for everyone to believe what they believe. Yeah. And before we wrap up, so I have some Easter eggs that I read online. So okay. did you watch Hush or Gerald's Game? By, uh, you watch Gerald's Game. Yes, I love Gerald's Game. So did you know that the Midnight Mass... There was a novel that was entitled Midnight Mass. Do you remember? No, I, I but didn't. But it, it popped into there. That's what I read. So wow. in the Hush and Gerald scheme, there was a novel there entitled Midnight Mass. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I watched Hush. It was Kate Siegel. It was really also really good. It was Kate Siegel who was... She was deaf and there was a home invasion and she has to fend for herself. That was really good. I haven't watched it, but yeah, that's one of the Easter eggs. And another one I read is that... So the director himself appeared on a cameo in episode three. I, I don't know him, but so have you noticed him there? No, so he's, he's a member of the tour group on the pilgrimage in the Holy Land. So yeah. And since you've seen Oculus, yes, there was also something there in Oculus, if you remember. It was a long the, time, of course. 
already <laughs> 2013, right? Yeah. So, so here it said that Flanagan revealed he embedded a huge nod to the 2013 horror into scenes set in the recreation center. And there's an antique mirror in the background sitting on the stage during Riley's AA meet. Ah, the, the antique mirror. You remember the mirror there? So is it in the Oculus or something? Or you can't remember. Mirrors in Oculus. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't remember. It's interesting how Midnight Mass was in Hutch. You said it was in Hutch. Yeah, yeah. So that's ha- that was also quite some time ago. So mm. it's interesting to know that there was the idea was already there. Uh, yeah. Hutch. And also another one. So do you think that Midnight Mass is a true story? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's really, I would think it's not. But then I probably get a few raised eyebrows for this. But do you think it's a true story? So, okay. Based on my <laughs> research. So it's a yes and a no. So, yeah. so the creator, uh, the director, Mike Flanagan, he's raised on a Catholic, Roman Catholic church. And he served as an altar boy at mm. his parish. So that's where he got the inspiration from. Okay. So and also the idea of a Catholic parish in an isolated community because he was in Bowie, Maryland. So I don't know if it's a very isolated community, but yes, that's where he got this idea. If you could rate the series, what rating would it be out of ten, and why should our nerdy fans watch it or not? I'd rate it possibly eight. First of all, I like it because you know I'm a big horror drama fan, so you might say there's a little bit of bias in there because I really like this kind of stuff. And second, it's definitely not for everyone, especially the subject at hand is tackling how people approach religion and how people react when their faith is tested. It might not be for everyone, but if it's a very entertaining series, nonetheless, yeah, should be watch regardless of what you believe in or what your faith is mm, great thank you for that right and yeah i would agree as well even i was a horror fan before but not now but i would even say like maybe for me 8.5 or even 9 because how the story unfolded it's just well written how well written and well executed i'd say if someone would know the synopsis but there are still subtle twists and turns that it's quite refreshing so yeah, yeah that's that's why thanks so Brian, where can our nerdy fans find you if they if they want to connect with you your business and such yeah mostly on instagram Brian Sattel, uh, B-R-Y-A-N-S-A-C-A-L. That's where I'm at. And I also make candles to check me out. Elemental, where they, they can find you. It's in my bio. <laughs> okay, okay, great. So guys, check out Elemental. And uh, thank you, Bri, for being on the show. Yeah, really fun. Right. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, Bri. Bye.